namo narayana om namo narayana om namo narayana om namo narayana om namo keeps me busy, I never forego my daily tryst with God. 
faithfully I practice Kriya Yoga and meditate. Mind you, he didn't need to do that. He did it as an example for us. In other words, no matter how much life seizes you with the thoughts, I've got to get this done, then I can meditate. Don't, don't let it be. Keep your tryst with God every day. This world will always be there, but you may not be there. Remember, the one thing that is most important in life is to remember God. That is your highest duty. And the Shastras say when a lower duty conflicts with a higher duty, it ceases to be a duty. In this case, it doesn't mean ignore lower duties altogether, but understand them in proportion to that higher one. Never forego a little time every day. I've bargained with you on that point, but even 15 minutes a day, half an hour a day, you will see that your whole life will change if you tune in to the source. Some of those who come here and later return to the world go out with a spirit of rejection, that is, rejection of the whole path. After a life of renunciation, they <laughs> renounce any further spiritual effort. They don't know what they had here. Please, all of you, realize your good fortune. How easy the spiritual path is if you give even a little time each day to meditation. Meditate intensely, morning and evening. Even 15 minutes of meditation is better than no time at all. Better still, make it half an hour, or even one hour. Do 108 kriyas, chant om at the spinal chakras, then listen inwardly to the sounds. If you like, resume your practice of watching the breath, or do bhakti yoga, devotional self-offering to the Lord. The idea is that just a little bit of time every day, you will see that although it may seem like a lot in the beginning, it begins to develop its own attraction. You begin to find that it's very pleasurable. And the more you sit to meditate, the longer you'll want to. You see, the soul loves to meditate. It's the ego that doesn't want to. Whenever you feel a resistance to meditation, just tell yourself, oh, it's my ego. Because the more you sit, you know, the secret of it is to relax. Don't sit there with tension. The more you, deeply you can relax your body, the easier it will be to sit for a long time. One way to relax the body, and I'm not reading here, I'm just telling you things that he taught us apart from here, but inhale, tense the whole body, throw the breath out and relax. Then do that two or three times. Then um, with the breath out, with the body relaxed, try to just feel now I'm completely centered in my body so that when the breath begins again, you only watch it. You don't control it. It would help you to think of each part of your body and feel the energy withdrawing from that. Feel yourself as infinite. Think of yourself as not even having a body. One way that my Guruji taught was to visualize a light and expand your consciousness with that light from a little pinpoint, gradually until it fills your whole body. Then feel that light filling the room that you're sitting in. Then feel it filling the countryside or the town around you and feel it going on 
visualize it embracing the country, continents, oceans, the whole world. See everybody blessed in that light. Bless all people so that if you have any anger against anyone, feel them bathed in your blessing. And then gradually expand that light beyond the world to embrace the galaxies, the planetary and solar systems, everything, and feel that you are that infinite light. Don't then feel that you've got to move your body at all because you're infinite. And then in that great consciousness, then continue to watch the breath or to feel the love in your heart and offer it up to the infinite. Let me go on reading here. Practice watching the breath, if you like, in the spine. If you like, go up and down the spine with it instead of watching its flow in the nostrils. Tell your body, if I don't meditate regularly, I will give you a whipping. If you don't meditate regularly, I will give you a whipping. Meditate even one and a half hours at a time. You see, slowly increasing it. Well, you'll want to yourself. Everything you do, even if it is only picking up a straw off the ground, like Brother Lawrence, who wrote a book, Practice the Presence of God, offer it mentally to God. If only you will do that, he will reach down and help you. Don't think you've got to do it all yourself. The more you do, the more he will help you to do. Another thing I urge all of you, he's talking to the monks, Give to one another the respect you have always shown me. Be kind to one another, just as you have been kind to me. If you see evil in one another, you desecrate the image of God that is in both of you. God is in everyone. To see good in all is to see him everywhere. I've often said that one of the hallmarks of my guru's persona, you might say, was not only the love he gave everybody, but the respect. It was not like him talking down to us fools. He could easily have done that. But he had absolute respect for everyone, the merest child. Somebody who was, I've mentioned this once, I think, in one of these talks about a disciple who wrote him a scathing letter just filled with delusions. And Master, with great respect, said, you know, you should take up writing. That was the best letter Satan ever wrote me. But it was beautiful to see a sincere, genuine, that was not sarcastic. He genuinely respected everybody as a child of the same one God. So, respect one another. Respect yourself. And that's something most people don't manage to do. When I quote to you his saying, A saint is a sinner who never gave up. I've heard a lot of Indians say, I'm a sinner. You're not a sinner. You have sinned, perhaps. That's a different thing. We make mistakes, but you're not the mistakes you make. You know, one famous industrialist attributed his success to letting his subordinates make their mistakes. He didn't fuss with them and say, oh, you shouldn't have done that. He knew that only by making making mistakes would they learn. Now, I don't mean to be impractical. If you've got a completely bumbling person who's never going to get it right, well, you have to think what, what you could do with him. Sometimes you may have to let him go. 
But, and it may well be, and a compassionate employer will do this. Just think, well, if he's not good at this, maybe he'll be good at that. That's what we do in our communities. We try to think first of what's good for the person, not what's good for the job. And if this person doesn't work in this job, maybe we can find a job that will help him. So we never, we never fire people. If we let them go from one job, we try to find some other job for him. This is why cooperative communities are such a good thing. Because you've got everybody working together for the welfare of everybody. If they leave, it's because they've disappointed themselves. So I come back to what I was saying before. Respect yourself. And you may look in the mirror and think, well, what's there to respect in that? There's God. You have that same God in you as Krishna had in him. As Jesus Christ had in him. As Yogananda had in him. You are that. Look beneath your foibles, your humanity, your, your, your uh, habits and ordinary tendencies. These are not you. It would be very good in meditation to sort of go through your heart and just take these tendencies and throw them into a bonfire. Make a bonfire of your devotion and mentally cast every attachment, every desire, every limitation, Anything that you see that is in you that is not perfect, instead of clinging to it and saying, this is me, saying, no, I rid myself of it, I give it up. Don't be like Arjuna at the end of the chapter, first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, when he says, I will not fight because I can't kill my relatives. Your relatives, which are being symbolized in that story, are your own bad tendencies. And you don't kill them. As Sri Krishna says in chapter 2, a person doesn't die. He simply takes off one garment and puts on another. And so your qualities don't die when you get rid of them. The same energy that you put into being selfish and greedy and jealous and angry, you can put that same energy into loving, being self-contained, and realizing you don't need anything. And so I say, build a bonfire and just throw your negative tendencies, your limitations, your ego, unfulfilled desires, throw them into the bonfire and feel joy watching them crackle up and burn. Because in that burning, you become free, you become joyful. And so all your life chant with this chant of my great gurus, God, God. God, joy to you. From the depths of slumber as I ascend, the spiral stairways of wakefulness, I will whisper, whisper, God, God, God. The food and when I break my fast of nightly separation from thee, I will taste thee and mentally say, God, God, God. No matter where I go, the 
spotlight of my mind will ever keep turning on thee. And in the battle din of activity, my silent war cry will be God, God, God. When boisterous storms of trial shriek, and when worries howl at me, I will drown their noises loudly chanting, God, God, God. When my mind weaves dreams, dreams, with threads of memories, on that magic cloth will I emboss God, God, God. Every night in time of deepest sleep, when my peace dreams and calls joy, joy, my joy comes singing evermore. God, God, God. In waking, eating, working, dreaming, sleeping, serving, meditating, chanting, divinely loving, my soul will constantly hum, unheard by any God.